The Weekly Standard Podcast. It's just moments after the networks have called Iowa and North Carolina for the Republicans, giving the Republicans a majority in the Senate that's likely to grow. And here to comment on all of it late in the late hours of the night is Fred Barnes. Fred, it's a pretty good night for Republicans, I think it's safe to say. It is safe to say that. And uh, and the question of uh, whether it's a wave or not, uh, let me just describe it this way. You know, there were three Republican senators that Democrats uh, really wanted to beat and thought they could beat in Kentucky and in Kansas and in, in Georgia, an open Republican seat. We didn't win any of those. Uh, they had a, a, a wall, which they said, this wall, this is our blue wall. We win these states and, uh, and we'll hold on. Well, those were North Carolina, Iowa, and Colorado. They lost them all. Think of all the big governor races. Uh, in Florida, in Illinois, it looks like the Republican is one. Texas Republican, as I say, uh, Scott in Florida held on. Uh, Snyder in Michigan, uh, Scott Walker in Wisconsin. It looks like in one of the bluest states in the country, Maryland, Larry Hogan, the, uh, the Republican is going to win. In Arkansas, Asia, Asa Hutchinson won along the, uh, the governorship along with Tom Cotton winning the Senate, which means now in Arkansas, the state where Bill Clinton is supposed to be, as one of the reporters for Politico said, beloved, now has the Republicans have everything. They have the state legislature, the governorship, both senators, uh, all the House seats, although a couple of them are, are open and, and are contested. They've won everything. Um, and I could go on and on and on. But when you go, through, and of course, plus seven, probably plus eight uh, 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 Senate pickups, if that's not a wave, what is a wave? I mean, for heaven's sakes. You mentioned uh, Arkansas, and uh, mm-hmm. they have the you know, they haven't been this Republican since Reconstruction. You know, normally it no, takes is, it usually yeah, takes an more... invading army to get this much uh, <laughs> Republicanism in a southern state. And that, but I, I want to mention a couple of races because okay. the I mean they tr- it truly is amazing as you and I speak. We don't know what is uh, happening. For example, in Virginia, it looks mm-hmm. like that Ed Gillespie is going to come up narrowly short, but he could still win this thing. Nobody yep. was looking at that. Maryland, mm-hmm. the idea that blew- I lived in uh, Potomac, Maryland, for a while mm-hmm. when I did radio in D.C. <laughs> oh my gosh, these people—you know—it's it's borderline Cambridge, and yeah. <laughs> they're going to give their state to a re- Republican. Uh, Illinois. I mean, you think mm-hmm. the the corruption alone would be enough to mm-hmm. stop Republicans? They can just steal enough votes to stop Republicans and it's going to be this isn't to me um, I I think the word wave is the wrong word I think it's more of a a wholesale rejection of democratic mm-hmm. governance. That there's a style mm-hmm. of democratic mm-hmm. governance, mm-hmm. and people are just saying, "Look, I, I don't like Republicans, but man, what you guys do over there on the Democratic side is so awful. I mm-hmm. we, we're throwing it, we're throwing out the baby and the bathwater and the soap." Mm-hmm. You know, in a lot of these races, I think people went in and just said, uh, in line with what you were saying, they were looking for the candidate with an R by his name or her name, and because they knew they weren't going to vote for a Democrat, and they'll. And the other candidate was a Republican, and they could, and and they could identify him by the R next to their name on the ballot. And uh, it, uh, I think we should call it a sweep. Um, okay. And it's certainly a wholesale rejection of democratic governance, particularly in Washington. You know, the line that you hear from some Democrats and uh, liberals in the news media already is, "Oh, this was just an anti-incumbent thing," and uh, people are mad at Washington, and then you know they're they're mad at both parties, and they're they're mad at uh, at government, and they're mad at all these things, and and that's all it was. Well, <laughs> they had a funny way of showing it because that that was by voting almost entirely uh, voting to defeat Democrats. Uh, 
So it's uh, there are lots of excuses here, but this was a a rejection. I mean, Democrats, I, I think you'll agree, and Charles Krauthammer said so on Fox earlier this evening that this was a, a, a the person and the people who helped Republicans win more than any others were Barack Obama and liberal Democrats because they imposed their system of government in Washington and in states, and it has turned out poorly. And people across the country, surely a majority, have rejected it. I think there's uh, uh, something else to you. I, I agree President Obama is the greatest mentor of Republicans since Ronald Reagan, no doubt about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but there's also the quality of the candidates. And there's been a lot said about the establishment candidates, et cetera. I think what people need to remember is that these candidates won primaries to get the nomination. Yep. And that's one of the mm -hmm. things that I have been involved with the Tea Party movement from the beginning is they've shown mm -hmm. again and again their willingness to vote for the less Tea Party, less ideological candidate if mm -hmm. they get another candidate who they can trust and who they think can win. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and then there's the advantage that Republicans had, I think, this time from the poor performance of Democrats. When you think of the biggest laughing stocks of this election, uh, you think about Wendy Davis in Texas and Allison yep. Lundgren uh, Grimes up in mm -hmm. uh, Kentucky. Look at who Republicans got elected. Um, the the uh, Staten Island Congressman Grimm, yeah. I believe his last name. Mm -hmm. who, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might Grimm under a twenty slightly a 20 point slightly indicted, you know, a slightly yeah. indicted candidate. That's kind of tough. Mm -hmm. And then down in Georgia, race I know you had a uh, Reverend Heiss who who won handily, who had made the kind of comments that you know the Todd Aiken had made, you know, in that you mm -hmm. know dealing with women and they should obey their husbands. And when he won the nomination, I'm going, oh my gosh, here we go. The Democrats are just gonna, you know, they're gonna do this all over again grab one little quote from some guy no one's ever heard of like they mm. did in 2012 but they couldn't because their candidates were so busy stepping on their own feet that they didn't mm -hmm. have a chance to take advantage of some of the weaker candidates on the Republican side. So mm -hmm. you have to thank the Democrats for really giving Americans some not great candidates. Yep. The, uh, that helps when you have better candidates on the other side. Now, from I, look, I don't know whether this race has been called or not, but uh, the numbers look like Republicans have finally de uh, defeated uh, John Barrow in Georgia. Yes, he, he he did lose. It's been called, and I think mm -hmm. he was the last white Democrat serving in the Old South. I think mm -hmm. so. I'm pretty sure that's true. Uh, and and it probably was the most conservative Democrat left in the in the House as well. Right. I mean, they were uh, there just aren't any more there. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I also uh, understand that in Iowa, not only did Joni Ernst uh, beat Bruce Braley for U.S. Senate, but the Republicans took Bruce Braley's old house seat, too. Yep. So it's, I like it. You say, I, the, the wave, it's not a tsunami, but it is a solid sweep. <laughs> it really is. And you have to ask yourself, so what did Democrats accomplish? You know, you have mm -hmm. really bad elections, like, say, 64 with Goldwater, where mm -hmm. the, the Republicans lost, but they created a brand that they could kind of nurture and grow, and eventually gave us Reagan. In 94, yeah. you could argue, Bill Clinton essentially won because he was saved mm -hmm. from the left wing of his own party and able to stay in the middle and give himself a re-election and, and create a brand inside the, the, the Democratic Party of a third mm -hmm. way. Is there any upside for anyone on the Democratic side of the aisle out of tonight's fiasco? Well, if you look at Democrats, you'd think, well, maybe uh, they'd say, you know, moving to the left as we have uh, was a mistake. We need to move back to the center. Look at Bill Clinton's success. Uh, and we have Hillary Clinton, his wife, 
uh, so to speak, uh, who can run in, in 2016. But, but it's not that the Democrats have decided we're going to move back toward the middle and embrace Hillary. Hillary's moving toward the left to embrace this more left-wing Democratic Party than ever. Uh, and so the notion that they're going to somehow move back toward where Clinton was, Clinton was not a, a moderate or a conservative, but he was certainly closer to the uh, center than any major Democrat has been uh, in many, many years and was successful as a result. Uh, but Democrats don't want to go there. They've been there. They didn't like it. Uh, they'd rather they'd rather uh, uh, lose uh, uh, and uh, and stick to the most possible left wing views that are are uh, ones that are barely palatable in America. Uh, and that's just who they are. And those are the people who that is when they talk about the Democratic base. That is the Democratic base. And we see Hillary Clinton now. That uh, she's not trying to get it to change its mind. That uh, she's trying to <laughs> trying to adopt what they think. <laughs> the uh, you were talking about that. You're talking about Hillary Clinton. You you look mm-hmm. at 2016, and uh, you know tonight on the talk shows, uh, you know obviously people on MSNBC, et cetera, looking for something positive to say are arguing essentially mm-hmm. a this will be a short-lived majority because 2016 mm-hmm. will be on more favorable ground. There'll be more uh, states mm-hmm. where President Obama and Democrats were successful, and they'll be able to pick off some Republicans. And that's a legitimate point, and and you will see a, a definite lay of the land there. But then you notice this fact, Fred, when it comes to 2016. What do Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, and Michigan all have in common? They're all Republican-governed. They're going to be Republican-governed mm-hmm. states in 2016, mm-hmm. which helps any Republican candidate, assuming one of those mm-hmm. governors isn't the nominee. But now mm-hmm. around the key... Uh, Great Lake states. You've got, you're going to have governors mm-hmm. there who are going to be able to help. And if you can, if the Republicans can be competitive in the South, in the West, and in the Great Lakes, that's mm-hmm. uh, 270 electoral votes right there. It is uh, a lot more than 270. The uh, uh, so I don't think we ought to uh, uh, overdo how rosy the Republican future might be. Uh, Republicans can screw up. They did a lot of right things in this election, but Democrats are continuing to do a lot of wrong things. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's conceivable that Democrats are going to decide that, uh, well, we're going to, we're going to change. We're going to move away from Obama. Uh, we're not going to scream race all the time. We're not going to have a war on women. Uh, we're not going to try to make the federal government stronger than, and stronger than ever. Uh, we'll, we'll compromise with Republicans and, and make some changes to Obamacare. Uh, we're going to pull back on, on Dodd-Frank and not have uh, uh, regulations that uh, not only let Wall Street, uh, all the banks on Wall Street be too big to fail, but actually hurt small banks, community banks all over America, and, and on and on and on. Are they going to do any of those things? Of course not. Uh, Obama himself, though, has a big decision to make. How does he want to uh, – how does he want his finishing kick, his finishing two years of his presidency to be? Uh, I think he expects Republicans to – be uh, more accommodating. I think he's listening to Democrats who say, hey, Republicans know that, that they can't screw up. They, they're looking toward 2016, so they'll, they'll be ready to compromise. They have always been ready to compromise. The two people in Washington who have been the ones who have been least uh, fond of compromising and actually refusing to have been Barack Obama and Harry Reid, uh, the Senate Majority Leader. That is another one of, you know, I, I just thought of it right now. That is one of the bright spots of this election. 
no more Harry Reid running the Senate. Uh, I mean, that. Uh, and and, and that you know, people are going to find out how significant that is, you know, once mm-hmm. uh, the Republicans are in charge. But, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the example that just springs to mind is the first bill that hits the president's desk that will have been passed by the House and passed by the Senate, which will be, yep. I predict, to uh, start, you know, to, to uh, permit the Keystone Pipeline. And the president's going to be in a, in a tough spot. He's going to yep. want to veto it, but he's mm-hmm. also going to be thinking about those Democrats running in 2016, and mm-hmm. they're not going to want to go back home and explain that they upheld a veto of this job-creating bill. Mm-hmm. And you can see the Republicans sending bill after bill after bill like that. Now, you mentioned mm-hmm. the, the joy of getting rid of, of Harry Reid, who is really just a really unpleasant person. Um mm-hmm. My special joy was the win for Scott Walker. It was so yeah. great to see someone who did mm. the kind of heavy lifting that editorial pages love to mm-hmm. tell politicians. They, you ought to solve this problem. You ought to make tough decisions where you ask people to sacrifice. Well, he did it. Mm-hmm. He took on the unions. He got modest reforms. The reforms mm-hmm. paid off. The economy grew. The mm-hmm. unions and the Democratic organizations dumped a mountain of money on him, and he survived. For me, that's the sweetest victory of the night. What mm-hmm. other yeah. uh, wins or losses uh, jump out at you, Fred? Well, uh, uh, certainly that's one of them. Uh, Rick Scott in Florida, mm. uh, who was, has never been popular, uh, had uh, 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 Charlie Crist, uh, a former Republican governor, running against him, and the, and the Democratic base had overwhelmingly accepted Charlie Crist, uh, a man who believes in nothing, Man who only a year or two ago was talking about how he was a great Reaganite, and now he's running as a, a, a an Obama supporting liberal uh, Democrat. But in any case, he was running. Uh, he'd been ahead in many polls. I think uh, it was he, he was sort of the favorite, um, and he lost. And Rick Scott, sort of a colorless former uh, healthcare entrepreneur, uh, beat him and and got a second term. It, if you have property in Florida, and I have a house down there, uh, it's just nice to see uh, that happen. Scott has been a pretty good governor, just not a popular one, and uh, and, and defeating Charlie Crist and maybe eliminating him from the uh, uh, the political scene nationally. Uh, maybe that will happen now, but I don't know. Charlie Chris Mike. I don't know. He's he's run and lost as a Republican, mm-hmm. as an independent, as a Democrat. I personally yep. expect him to run as a Whig. That's the next thing to look for. <laughs> uh, and uh, and it's just like and Scott Brown. You know, he's mm-hmm. tried New Hampshire. He's tried Massachusetts. Hey, he's got Rhode Island and Maine right up the street too. I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. You know, these there's you know, some people you just like having them around. Yeah, uh, uh, the last I saw that uh, Governor LePage was ahead. Yes, he was and, up uh, around forty-seven percent. They thought his ceiling yeah. was forty. It's a three-way mm-hmm. race. He's got a good chance when all this mm-hmm. shakes out of uh, of being reelected, which would be a, a pretty big deal in Maine as well. And one of several victories looks like Connecticut's going to have mm-hmm. a Republican governor. Massachusetts, mm-hmm. it's a very very close race as you and I speak, right. but it's definitely trending Charlie Baker. So imagine that uh, three Republican <laughs> governors in New yep. England. Holy moly! Yeah, well, the, the reason I like uh, the reason I like uh, the Paul LePage is he fits the bill. You sort of had for Scott Walker only a little different. You know, the media always tells you the, the politicians tell us what you really think. Right. Well, <laughs> certainly Paul LePage did, 
And then, of course, they jumped all over. That's a gaffe. You can't say this, and so on. Uh, and he irritated a lot of people, particularly the entire news media. Uh, and he seems to be uh, very close to getting reelected. Here's the last question, and it's about learning lessons. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there are a lot of us who've been beating the gong on the Republican brand problem, and, and it still mm-hmm. exists. Young voters still don't want to vote Republican. There's still mm-hmm. you know, when, when you when when President Obama's on top of the ticket, and 99% of black votes go that way. That's mm-hmm. one thing. But there, it's it was not. I'm probably 95% Democratic. Uh, you know, this year. Uh, mm-hmm. So is there a lesson that Republicans should be learning at this moment from the last, say, six years, kind of put the last three races together? And then on the other side, do you think that Democrats and President Obama, you mentioned how the, the base doesn't want to learn a lesson, but can the politicians trying to govern or lead as Democrats, is there a lesson they can learn from the last three election cycles? Well, let me start with Republicans. I mean, there are some things to learn. And I, I, I actually think they have learned them. Um, one thing about the Tea Party people in the Republican Party, I think you are correct on. I think they've been a great, uh, a, a very helpful force on the Republican Party. Uh, but they are now a party, a part of the uh, uh, Republican Party. In so many states, they've been absorbed by the Republican Party. They're they're very active at the grassroots and uh, and are going to stay there. Uh, but the party has to govern well. Uh, there is a huge issue in the country that. Several people mentioned on TV tonight, but not many, and it's actually not Obamacare. Uh, it's uh, uh, wage stagnation. Uh, it's not that the middle class is, is uh, vanishing. It's that the, the wages uh, for people in the middle class have gone down, well, under Obama, but have gone down over the last uh, a dozen or more years. Something has to be done by that, about that. And that's why when Kevin McCarthy came on, the majority... A leader in the House came on. He talked about you know, the first thing Republicans need to do is work on the economy. They need to come up with things because, and, and that is the most important. Uh, I agree. They can send in a Keystone Pipeline bill first, but that's a, you know, that's basically a yes or no. But they need to come up with uh, legislation that is going to uh, uh, do something for wage stagnation in the United States. It'll be hard uh, because it's not obvious what to do except to remove. Uh, uh, some regulations and 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 give people tax breaks and so on, but uh, but that's something they really have to work on to show that they want to seriously govern. The Democrats, I, it's hard to imagine who the the graybeards or the uh, uh, smart people uh, in the Democratic Party would be who would have enough influence. Obviously, it's not Harry Reid, uh, but there are others and there are others who might want to lead the party in a different direction back toward the center. Maybe Dick Durbin, the senator from Illinois, who's pretty liberal, but, uh, but a, a very smart politician uh, would be one. Maybe among the governors, uh, the Democratic governors, and not that many of them anymore. You know, that was another place where they thought they were going to have a lot of pickups. Well, we, we won't win this. We'll lose some senators and, we'll, and we won't capture the House, but we'll win some governorships. Well, they sure didn't win any ones uh, that mattered except for maybe Jerry Brown in California. Uh, but it's, as I said, it's hard to identify the Democrats who could lead uh, the, uh, their party out of the wilderness. Well, who thought, of course, 20 years ago, who thought Bill Clinton would be the one to do that? And uh, so there, there are bound to be some smarter, younger people who we don't know well uh, who might be able to do that. But um, it won't be uh, it won't be Harry Reid and the older guys like that.
You know, it is a, a, a phenomenal thing, Fred, to look at a map of the governorships around the country and to see mm -hmm. Maryland and Massachusetts and Maine mm -hmm. all bright red and yeah. then Florida and Wisconsin and Illinois after the races that we've seen there. And mm -hmm. the one thing about New England, you've, you've had for Charlie Baker to win in that state they have not had a Republican elected to a federal office there since 1994 it's now been 20 years uh, there have been 101 state and federal elections in Massachusetts this century and Republicans mm -hmm. had won three of them before tonight now apparently mm -hmm. on the very latest projections it looks like Charlie Baker will be the fourth half of those victories were over Martha Coakley so maybe that's the mm -hmm. problem but that when, when you're winning when you're winning governorships like Connecticut Maryland yeah. and Massachusetts, which is what it's looking like right now, that mm -hmm. there something is happening. You're right. That is beyond yeah. just a uh, the, you know the, people are mad at Washington and so they're voting at mm -hmm. Washington. Up mm -hmm. and down the ticket, Democrats are being rejected. It's it's mm -hmm. truly an amazing night. Yep, it is an amazing night, and uh, uh, whether we call it a sweep or a, or a uh, tsunami or whatever, it's uh, it's certainly been uh, broad and deep. Uh, well, uh, as your analysis has been, Fred Barnes, as always. Ah, thank you. I'll go for broad and, and, <laughs> and deep uh, sometimes. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us here All late right. at night. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.